You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. Anxiety is a real problem. In 2017, the American College Health Association conducted a survey in which they asked more than 30,000 plus college students about their mental health. 60% of them said that they have felt overwhelming anxiety in the prior year. 40% of them said that they have felt so depressed it was difficult for them to function in their everyday life. According to the National Institution of Mental Health, Anxiety disorders are the most common mental health issue in the United States. According to the American Psychological Association, 77% of people living in the United States experience physical symptoms caused by stress on a regular basis. Anxiety is a real problem, not just in our society, but also within the church. In a survey, Conducted by LifeWay Research, 23% of pastors acknowledge that they have personally struggled with a mental illness. 12% of them said that they have been clinically diagnosed before. Anxiety is a real problem. It is paralyzing our everyday life, our work, our families, our friendships, and even our faith. Anxiety is a real problem. But it's not a new problem. With the internet and with all the technologies that we have today, we are becoming more aware of this issue of anxiety. Yes, it's true that more people are sharing about these struggles online, on social media. There are a lot more research that has been done on this issue. Therefore, there's more awareness and more information about anxiety. But anxiety is not a new issue. It's not something that we have all of a sudden discovered in the 21st century. The problem of anxiety has always been around, not just in this world, but among believers as well. The book of Philippians is actually a letter that Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi. In the opening chapter, Paul shares how thankful he is for the saints of Philippi, for their partnership in the gospel, that they are partakers of God's grace. Paul is writing to solid believers in the church of Philippi, not just random people. After talking about his personal situation in prison and sharing how he is staying strong in the faith with his eyes fixed on Jesus in the midst of persecution, he says this in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord my Beloved, stand firm. Paul is exhorting the Christians in Philippi to stand firm in Jesus. He is encouraging them to press on in their faith. And to make this a little bit more practical for them, he gives a series of commands that addresses some of the key issues, specific issues that they were struggling with. And it is in this context that we read verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. 
In today's passage, there are a couple things that I want us to learn about anxiety. And the first thing is this. Just because you have faith does not mean you are free from anxiety. In verse 1, Paul calls the believers in Philippi, my brothers. He's clearly writing to fellow Christians that have saving faith in Jesus Christ. And the command that he gives them is do not be anxious. So here we learn that just because you have faith does not mean you are free from anxiety. Now sometimes believers can struggle with severe anxiety. And when that happens, a lot of times they begin to question the very foundation of their faith. If my commitment to Jesus is genuine, if Jesus saved me, if the Holy Spirit dwells in me, if I'm a new creation in Christ, why do I worry all the time? No, am I not saved? Is my salvation not real? Am I not made new by Christ? There's a lot of questions that run into our heads when we struggle with anxiety, but I want us to remember this. The Bible makes it very clear that you can be a born-again believer and still struggle with anxiety. Just because you believe in Jesus does not mean you automatically become immune to anxiety. Just because you have faith does not mean you are free from anxiety. Paul is giving this command because anxiety is a real issue in the life of a believer. So what exactly is anxiety? And why does the Bible tell us to stay away from it? The verb that Paul uses in the beginning of chapter 6 is a very interesting verb. That word is used throughout Scripture, and normally it is translated in two different ways. It can be translated in a positive way, or it can be translated in a negative way. Paul actually uses this verb in a positive way back in chapter 2, verse 20, in the letter of Philippians. He says this um, when he's talking about Timothy, and he says, I hope to send Timothy to you soon. He says in verse 20, For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. And that word concern is the same word that Paul uses in Philippians chapter 4, 6, when he says, Do not be anxious. See, Paul says, You should be concerned. That word is used in a positive way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, Paul uses the same word to describe how members of the church should have the same care for one another. Same word. Same word that Paul uses in chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious. So he does say that believers should be concerned about certain things. When Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, we know that he's not talking about just the state of mind in which we have no worries or no, no concerns whatsoever. He's not talking about a believer who's just laid back, emotionless, and not bothered by anything in life. That's not what he's saying here. In today's passage, Paul is describing that, that there are certain things that a believer should care about. Just because you are concerned does not mean you have anxiety. Being concerned is different from having anxiety. As believers, there are certain things that we should care about and should be concerned about. Like our spiritual growth. We should be concerned about our spiritual growth. We should be concerned about the spiritual health of our families. 
We should be concerned about maintaining the unity within the church. We should be concerned about how we utilize our time and our money and our resources for the kingdom of God. We should be concerned about working hard and studying hard for God's glory, understanding that is an opportunity given to us by God. We should be concerned about how we share the gospel to the lost. We should be concerned about showing hospitality to those around us. There are a lot of things that we should be concerned as believers. As believers, we should be deeply concerned about a lot of things in life. Being concerned is different from being anxious. I mean, even Jesus had concerns. He was concerned about the cross. He was so concerned that his sweat turned into blood. No, he had physical symptoms. No, I've seen a lot of people struggle with anxiety, but I have yet to see someone sweat blood. Jesus was under a lot of stress. But does that mean he was struggling with anxiety? No. Just because you are concerned does not mean you have anxiety. One of my favorite pastors, Pastor Josh Smith, I love how he puts it. Uh, He says, anxiety is your concern without God in the picture. Anxiety is when you see all your concerns, yet you do not see God. That is the definition of anxiety. It is different from simple concerns in life. Anxiety is ungodly. It is rooted in sin because it leaves God out of the picture. The root of anxiety is sin. Let me repeat that again. The root of anxiety is sin. And I know this might offend a lot of people. Note, there are a lot of things that we should be concerned about in life. Our future, our finances, work, school, family, friends, health. All of these things are legitimate concerns. But when we ponder upon these things without having God in the picture, when these thoughts, these concerns, that they take over our emotions and take over our thoughts, when we become saturated by these genuine concerns without having God in the picture, that is a picture of anxiety. We get so anxious that we don't know what to do. We don't know how things could get better. No, we just see all our concerns, all the, the big concerns and the small concerns, yet we don't see God anywhere. And that's why I become anxious. A lot of people label anxiety as a mental illness. No, you are constantly stressed. Uh, you get worried about life and the things about life. So what they say is that your mind begins to function in a very different way, in an abnormal way. People who have normal minds, they don't worry about things in life. But people who are mentally ill, they begin to worry about things. And because you are anxious uh, or because you struggle with anxiety, your brain begins to release adrenaline when it's not supposed to, which will cause all these different physical symptoms Where is there when there is no genuine threat in your life, when there's no genuine reason for you to be anxious about. Uh, your body would release all these different hormones so that you would experience these physical symptoms. What they're basically saying is when they say uh, anxiety is a mental illness, they're saying that your mental state is not normal. Well, you know what the Bible says about this? It says, without God, our mental state is never normal. It's not just a few people who struggle with this abnormal mental state, but The Bible tells us that our mind, that our mental state by nature is foolish, 
By nature, it is corrupt. By nature, it is depraved. By nature, our minds are sinful. We are born this way. By nature, we have a tendency not to go towards God, but to go away from God. We have a tendency to move God out of the picture when we have concerns. That is our natural state. By nature, we are, we are made to, be, to worry about the things in life. If God is out of the picture, of course, we are going to be anxious. Imagine Timothy, my son, being all alone at night in the middle of the sea. No, what is he going to do? How do you think he's going to react to that situation? No, of course he's going to cry. Of course he's going to panic. He might, he might run out of breath. No, he's, 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 he might, his face might turn red. He's going to have all these physical symptoms. Why? Because he has a legitimate reason to be concerned and to be anxious. He is in this dangerous environment. And there's a lot of things that he cannot control. And what, what is he supposed to do in that situation? That is the picture of us in this world. We are broken. We are weak people living in a messed up world. And without God, we have every reason to be worried. Without God, we should be scared to death of, about life. Without God, we should be anxious all the time. Without God, we should be depressed all the time because that's how messed up this world is and that's how weak we are. The root of anxiety is sin because sin t- makes us, by nature, makes us to take away God from the picture. Anxiety is when you see all your concerns but you do not see God, which is why the antidote to anxiety is prayer. The solution to anxiety is prayer. Look at verse 6 one more time. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So Paul, he doesn't say, uh, okay, don't be anxious, just have this positive attitude. He says, pray. In everything, pray. Supplication, which means beg. Request, be specific. Paul uses three different Greek words in order to highlight the importance of prayer. He's basically saying pray, pray, pray in everything, meaning in every situation and in every circumstance. The antidote for anxiety is prayer. And why prayer? Why is prayer the solution to anxiety? Well, normally when people deal with anxiety, they deal, it, deal, deal with it in two ways. They either neglect reality when, when they become anxious. Um, maybe they might go to different substances or just do gaming or whatever, entertain themselves just to get their minds off of their situation and their concerns. Or some people, they just work harder and harder to overcome their anxiety. Say, hey, if I just exercise a little bit more, maybe I have to pick up a new hobby if I just work a, a little harder, if I get more involved with church and I serve more at church, maybe these anxious thoughts will go away. Maybe I'm not doing something right in my life. Maybe I just have too much free time that my mind is just wandering off to these different places so I have to keep myself busy. People either neglect reality or they just try to overcome it by working hard. I mean, these solutions... Um, they're great, 
but they will not sit, solve the problem long term. These things might help temporarily, but the brokenness of this world is so big and so strong and so severe that one day it will catch up to us. That we can try our best to neglect reality. We can try our best to work harder to overcome our concerns. But sooner or later, the brokenness of this world will catch up to us. If our problem of anxiety starts from the fact that we see our concerns, but we don't see God, then in order for us to overcome our anxiety, we need to be able to see God. And that is exactly what prayer does. Prayer brings God back into the picture. Prayer brings God in the middle of, to, uh, in the middle of our concerns. Notice what Paul says in verse 7. He says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul doesn't say if you pray, everything will be all right. He doesn't say, okay, if you pray, your prayers are going to be answered in the way that you think it should be answered. No, he says, when you pray, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding is going to guard the way that you feel and is going to guard the way that you think. When you pray, you'll begin to see God in the midst of your concerns. The peace of God is going to protect you. Now, when you pray, God might change your situation, but He might not. But whether He does change your situation, whether He does not change your situation, uh, no matter what kind of situation you're in, you're going to have this peace from God, understanding that God is in the midst of your concerns. When we pray, we are reminded of His presence. We are reminded of His plan. And that is going to be enough. Going back to the Timothy illustration. Let's say Timothy is still in the middle uh, of the city uh, at night, all alone. Let's say I appear on the scenes and I just hold Timothy. You know, Timothy who's panicking. You know what he's going to do? Although nothing has changed around him. Although the, the city is still dark, there's still a lot of danger around him, he's going to feel safe. And he's going to have this inner peace. Why? Not because his situation is any different, but because he recognizes the presence of his father. Now, sometimes um, when my wife and I, when we put Timothy to sleep and we're in the living room, Timothy wakes up in the middle of the night. And we, he, when he recognizes that we're not there and the room is dark, he freaks out. He panics. No, he cries out looking for us. And when that happens, um, I, I run into the room. And what I simply do is pick, I pick Timothy up and I just put him back to sleep. You know, I don't have to turn on the lights. I don't have to do anything else. All I have to do is give him my presence. And my presence is enough. In the same way, when there are a million things that we can be concerned about, when there are a million things that we should worry about, when God moves in the middle of our concerns, when we, are reckon, when we are reminded of His presence and of His power and His plan, we're going to be okay. Prayer reminds us of God's goodness, His faithfulness, that God is still for us and not against us, and the fact that God is still with us. Prayer puts God in the center of our concerns. So here's the main idea. 
today. Instead of being anxious about anything, pray in everything. Instead of being anxious about anything, pray in everything. No, we need to battle anxiety with the right method, but also with the right attitude. When Paul says pray with thanksgiving, he's not just telling us to say thank you, Lord, uh, that I get to pray to you. Or the word thank you is not just a magic word, but he's telling us to have a certain posture when we pray. He's telling us to have this posture of thanksgiving rather than demand. That should be our attitude. Sometimes we come to uh, God in such a demanding attitude. God, I want things to be like this. God, I want things to be like that. But what Paul is saying is, Recognize that God, His knowledge, that His understanding is far greater than yours. So when you come to God, although you can make your request known to Him, come with this thankfulness, that come with this humble attitude. And when you do, God is going to listen to you and He's going to promise, uh, promise His presence and give you His power. God knows that we are in need. He sometimes knows um, our needs better than ourselves. Sometimes we don't even know what we want and what we need, and we just panic in life, right? No, with God, we can trust Him. He knows everything. He knows our very needs. After you hear this message, uh, some of you um, might go home, and you might go on your knees and, and try to pray over all these concerns that you have. And I just want to encourage you and also give you a word of warning. Um, when you do so, when you do pray, it's possible that all these anxious thoughts are immediately going to go away, that you're going to experience this peace of God immediately. But sometimes it does take a couple days, maybe a couple years, or maybe you'll have to fight this for the rest of your life. We said that anxiety is rooted in sin. So our battle with anxiety is similar to our battle with sin. You know, when we battle our sinful desires, when we battle our flesh, sometimes uh, we might be able to change our old habits right away. For example, um, let's say someone had problems with drinking, that they've been an alcoholic for a long time. Now, after meeting Christ, it is possible that they can immediately snap out of it, that they would no longer even touch alcohol. But sometimes we may have to battle these old habits for a long time, maybe for the rest of our lives. For some people, um, maybe there's going to be this period where they battle with their desire to consume alcohol once again. The battle with sin is, is, is not easy. Although uh, we have power to overcome the presence of sin, we can't deny that sin is still there. It is still a real issue. But it is possible to overcome the desires of our flesh through the grace of God and the, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, the same is true with healing as well. Now, sometimes we pray for healing, and God listens to our prayers, and He might answer our prayers right away. Some might experience complete healing right away. And some people, uh, instead of healing them with His powers, God might give them His, give them His grace. That instead of this overwhelming power that can overcome sickness, he might give this overwhelming grace so that they can remain faithful in the midst of sickness. You know, there's this guy that I, I enjoy listening to. His name is Nick. He has this ministry called Life Without Limbs. And basically what Nick does is he, he goes around the world and he preaches to um, various people. He preaches the message of hope. And 
when Nick, when he was born, he was born without limbs, without arms and legs. And in his testimony, he shares how from a young age, he just had one simple prayer request that he wanted arms and legs. That's it. I mean, he sees that everyone else has arms and legs. So that was his simple prayer request. He said, God, I'm not asking for a lot. I'm just asking for what other people have. I want arms and legs. And for the longest time, he prayed, but God did not answer his prayers the way that he wanted them to be answered. But one day, Nick encountered the Lord, and he was reminded that his value did not come from his arms and legs, but he himself had value. And when he was convicted by that, Nick, he started to preach and started to share the gospel to those um, who are in desperate need, who are in hopeless situations, that he would go around the world and to this day, he is evangelist, that he's sharing his testimony, giving hope to people. And he's reaching people all over the nations. Now, did God answer Nick's prayer? Well, he didn't answer in a way that Nick wanted to, it to be answered. But he answered it in a way that's far beyond what Nick could have ever imagined. Now, sometimes God heals us with his powers Sometimes God gives us unlimited grace so that we can endure any hardship or any pain in life. When you pray for healing, God might heal your condition with his powers, but he might leave that condition and give you an abundance of grace to overcome it. And the same is true with anxiety. God has power, but he has also abundance of grace. The fact that anxiety is rooted in sin actually gives us hope. You know, this world tells us that anxiety is an illness, that a lot of times we don't know the cause. Some people believe that it's something that's passed down within the family, that people just label, label um, this, this sickness as anxiety, and they just lose hope because they don't know what to do with this. Well, if we can call anxiety what it is, if we can identify it correctly and identify it as a sin, as harsh that might seem like, we actually have hope because if this is an issue that's just passed down in our, in our, in, from our family or if this is an issue that has just been shaped through our past, what hope is there? But if this is an issue of sin, we have hope in Jesus Christ because Jesus, he shed his very own blood just so that you can have victory over sin and victory over your anxious thoughts. The key to our victory is Jesus Christ. That is why Paul says, do this in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your anxieties on him, Jesus, because he cares for you. I believe that God wants us to cast all our concerns and our anxieties to him this morning. That he wants us to, to recognize that he's willing to come into the picture in the midst of our struggles. That his presence is more than enough for us. So instead of being anxious about anything, pray in everything. But just because you have faith does not mean you are free from anxiety. Just because you are concerned also does not mean you have anxiety because the root of anxiety is actually sin. Anxiety is seeing all your concerns, yet you don't see God. 
It's leaving God out of the picture. And that is why it is rooted in sin. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. And we can encounter this, these anxious thoughts through the antidote, which is prayer. That we can call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we can make our request known to God. And when we do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it can't be explained through logic. It can't be explained through experience. This peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and guard our minds. And when Paul says this, he's recognizing that those anxious thoughts will not go away. That they're still going to be there. And they're going to attack our hearts and attack our minds. But what we do have when we do pray is that we have this peace that is a fortress that will guard our hearts and guard our minds. That we won't be impacted by the attacks of these anxious thoughts. So trust in Him. Rely on Him. You know know why um, Paul wants the believers in Philippi to, to stay away from all these anxious thoughts? You know why he wants um, them to not waste time on these worthless concerns? Well, it's because what he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, he says this, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side. Listen to this. For the faith of the gospel. No, in fact, all the commands that are given in chapter 4, they are impossible commands. Right? Rejoice in the Lord. And yeah, I think we can do that until you see the next word. Always. I mean, a lot of us, we can rejoice when good things happen to us. But Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord always. In verse 5, he says, let your reasonableness, your gentleness your kindness be known. Yeah, I mean, we can do that. I mean, we can be kind to people, but it says to everyone. I mean, Paul is saying, don't just be kind to the people who are kind to you. Be kind to everyone. And then he says in today's passage, don't be anxious. And yeah, I mean, we can stay away from being, being anxious, but he says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray in everything. So all these different commands, um, they are difficult commands. In fact, we can't fulfill these commands on our own. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why we obey these commands by the grace of God. That's why Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone for the Lord is at hand. And at the end, he says, The peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. The key to obeying these commands is Jesus Christ. We are driven by the gospel. That Paul wants us to stay away from these things so that we'll be concerned about the things that really matter. That we'll be concerned about the things of the kingdom. That we would utilize our energy, our resources, our time, not just worrying about the different things, not just being sad about life, but that we would stand firm, that we would be, stri- be striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So church, I want us to remember today that there are a lot of things to be anxious about in this world. But things don't have to be that way. When you bring God into the picture that you receive this peace, 
that surpasses all understanding. And when we are guarded by this peace, we can be concerned about the things that really matter for eternity. Let's pray.